Hello, everyone. Welcome to This Week in Mormons, the Sisters Edition, with Real Life Sisters, Ariane Smith and Tiffany Hales. Welcome to our August podcast. Exactly. Okay, I feel like I have not seen you in forever because I haven't seen you in forever. This this is kind of fun because this is the first time we've been together in person for several weeks. I I know. Between... I've been out of town. You've been remodeling a house. Plus I had COVID. Oh yeah, and you had COVID. Did I even see you after I had COVID before you left on your trip? Once at a baby shower. Oh, that's right. You did. You came to my daughter's baby (laughs) shower. So, yeah. so like we have not talked about anything. So this will be fun. Feel, we just get to catch up and I record like it all. So completely disconnected <laughs> so, to you. In I fact, know. all week last week when you were out of town, I was like, oh, I want to tell Ariane this. And I was I like, well, I'm not going to bother her on vacation. That would be rude. Yes. <laughs> we just got back from our last road trip of the summer. This has been the summer of road trips. Oh, you for us. You guys have been like, we have squeezed mad so party people this And it summer. was just like kind of random how it happened, but it's been good too, because my oldest daughter is working now. Oh. So I figured this is probably one of our last summers to party hard. Exactly. Well, she has a job that's like super cushy and lets her go whenever she wants. Cause next summer she probably won't. Exactly. She'll probably have a job that's like, no, you must stay. Well, you've made up for me because I have done no trips this summer because I've been remodeling my house. And my husband was um, strongly reminding me of that on Saturday night. Because you guys have an RV now. Not that we've used it in a year. And he probably wants to get out in the RV. Oh, he's a little bitter. Uh-oh. He is a little bitter that we have not. He missed the whole camping season. Yeah, that we he well, pretty much like missed camping season. Two or three more weekends, you better go. I know. Well, yeah. <laughs> then we got temple commitments. And, oh, uh, you know, he's right. just like, it's always something. And he's not wrong. I mean, he's very, very correct in that. But my house remodel is done. That's what really delayed our playing this summer yes. is every free moment was taken up with our house remodel. And I was just giving you a bad time. I was like, you need to come over and see my house and admire my hard work. I have not even seen the glorious remodel yet. So so. I will road trip myself over to your house. Anyway, it has put me mentally in a whole new frame of mind because having my house ripped up for four months was just like, that is great. That was more, the visual (laughs) chaos was more than I could handle. So anyway. Okay. Well, I briefly mentioned this to you right when you walked in and your jaw dropped. My jaw did drop. So <laughs> they, please share with the listeners. But we Let have them, to update because we always talk about my extra steak. Oh, your steak. And it, we know that the listener, well, we think the listeners like to hear about the shenanigans of my extra steak. Now, if you are, if you are, if you are a longtime <laughs> listener, you will understand the extraness of Ariane's steak. If you are new to our podcast, you must understand that when she moved into her steak, it, there was a lady in her ward that said, welcome to Zion. <laughs> and they have not disappointed. They, they are extra. <laughs> if, if the prophet were to say, read the Book of Mormon, they'd be like, as a steak, we're going to read it three times. That's the amount true. of time he wants us to read it That's once. That's true. I'm living in a steak full of overachievers. Oh. And once again, they casually announced on Sunday. We were not there on Your Sunday. Your steak needs some more trials is what I've decided. <laughs> Come over to my steak. We're heathens. We got lots of trials in my steak. <laughs> We were gone on Sunday because we were still coming back from our road trip, but we turned on the Zoom because our ward still offers the Zoom, unlike some wards. Which is a very nice feature. Which is very nice when you're traveling. So we had the Zoom on in the car while we were driving. And they casually, in the opening announcements, um, said, there will be a stake back to school fireside coming up on August 28th featuring Sister Bonnie Corden. I was like, oh, oh, I know her. (laughs) 
like the general young woman's president. <laughs> I, I, she's coming like she's in person here to your stake yeah. in little old Meridian, Idaho. I think, unless I was interpreting it wrong, I'm assuming she's coming because they've done this before. They've brought yeah. in Sherry Dew and exactly like some other heavy hitters before. Exactly. So, so. Here, here. When you told me that, and after I picked my jaw up, unless off the ground, I misinterpret, is this maybe like church wide? But they said it was a steak fireside. Yeah, I'm knowing your steak <laughs> and their extraness. I'm pretty sure they did something, and so then that makes me pontificate. What in the how how in the world did your steak pull this off? But I will say because. We, your your state president is quite tenacious. He is. Um, if you recall, he wanted that statue of David for the um, or the statue, not the David the, statue, the Pieta. The Pieta. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Yes, he wanted that for um, your Easter thing, mm-hmm. and he did not stop until he got that. He got so. it. He flew it out here from. So we're wondering, DC. did he get Bonnie because of connections or did he just endlessly harass the church? Somebody slipped him a phone number maybe and he just started calling. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if he doesn't have a phone number, he'll get a phone number. That's very true. <laughs> well, I, I am going to give him props for his tenacity. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> because people who are tenacious tend to get things done. Um, but yeah, um, I think I need to give you a little uh, assignment that you need to get to the bottom of how they coordinated uh, getting getting the uh, young women's president here for the back to school fireside. I need this group. Maybe he'll tell us in a talk. Sometimes he tells us his That's very secret true. ways when he gives a talk. It's very true. So <laughs> this is a return and report, my friend. All right. Okay. We'll let you know. Yeah. Well, and that seems about par for your extra state. Yeah. It's right on brand. Yes. Well, I am maybe weeks, maybe days, you know, at least, at least probably, I, I don't know, away from my new title, which is grandma. This is so exciting. This is so exciting. My daughter went to the doctor today and I will, I will spare you with the details because that would probably be TMI, but let's just say her body is progressing towards labor. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> so exciting. Um, you know, she's about two weeks away from her due date, a little over two weeks away from her due date. And so... Okay. So what's your grandma name going to be? Because I remember many months ago, you were like, I need a grandma name that's not grandma. Have you accepted the term grandma or are you still taking applications for better names? <laughs> I have decided because I've tried many on for size. Gigi, no, no, Gigi. Gigi just doesn't fit. <laughs> doesn't fit me. I, you know, I had a lady in my ward, and that was her given name in Provo was oh, Gigi. Okay. And so I, I have a hard time associating that with Grandma, and I associate it with her not in a negative way. She's a very right. lovely individual. Um, but I have tried several grandma names on for size and nothing is sticking. So I think I'm just going to be grandma Tiffany. Okay. I mean, when, when Shelby, when Shelby comes over to my house and I say goodbye to her, I always pat her stomach and I say, Oh, little JD grandma loves you. Well, then you're going to be grandma. That is also perfectly acceptable. I think I'm going to be grandma, but I I mean, my grandmas were grandmas. That's very true. We didn't have any other name besides grandma, but our grandmas were old. (laughs) That's true. This is the difference. <laughs> I do not feel as old as my grandma no, in not. my perception. You're not. We, lo- we looked this up, didn't we? We figured she was like in her, well, but you're the no. oldest grandkid. 
My our, our, my grandma Ison was like 52 when I was born. By the time I was born, she was elderly. Well, she was elderly when I was born too. <laughs> Look at the pictures. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I um I I I am I am very 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 excited, but I'm I'm also just a bit mortified at the title of grandma because in my mind that just <laughs> seems so old. Oh, you're just going to grow right into it. I probably <laughs> will. Next time we're on here, I'll probably have my phone and be flashing all sorts of pictures and bragging about my cute little grandson. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, should we do some news stories yes. since that's what we're yes. here for? Let's do some news. Okay. So first um, article we wanted to cover last night. We won't get too extensively into it because Jeff talked about it last week on the podcast, the abuse story that hit the press, um, not last week, but the week before. Yeah. The um, abuse story out of, uh, was it New Texas? Me- it was Texas. No, it was New Mexico or Arizona. It was Arizona. Oh, it was Arizona. It was it was Arizona. Arizona. <laughs> yes. yes. Arizona. So he talked about it at length last week and he had a therapist on yes. that gave some insight. Um, but I really liked this article that has come out in the meantime by Common Consent. It was by Laura, um, who writes for By Common Consent. And she had written like, what would the title of the article was What Would Doing It Well Look Like? And she Ooh. kind of just talked about um, what could we do better? Like actually like, let's get into the nitty gritty details. Oh. And I thought this was like such a good hey. article. Um, because I think we can all agree on nothing. If nothing, we can all agree. There were some major missteps there, there, um, there were issues big, big time. So, um, she's been a reporter for a while and she said that when this hotline, you know, the hotline with the attorneys first came out back in the nineties, she tried calling it because she was just doing research and yeah. was curious. And when she called it, she assumed it was for um, <clears throat> everyone, for survivors. All she had heard was there's a hotline, there's a hotline. for abuse. Okay. So she called it. The person who answered, this was back in the 90s, said this, um, how, how'd you get this number? She said, oh, I found it online in some like chat groups. Like she had done some yeah. dig- digging to find the number. And he said, oh, this is only for bishops or other priesthood leaders. We can't talk to survivors. And she said, well, is there a hotline for survivors? And he said, no, contact your bishop. So she was like, oh, okay, this is not what I thought it was. And as time has gone on, we've mm-hmm. seen that that is not what the hotline is for. It's for bishops and legal advice and things like that, um, which she said, you know, she admitted was much needed Yeah, at the time. I mean, before that, it was willy-nilly nothing like no resources yeah. for bishops to go on. Um, but she said, maybe we should think about like furthering our resources for the survivors and not solely focusing on the, the, you know, what the bishop, obviously, what the leaders obviously are it's to important do. to give the leaders guidance, yes. but she just commented on how oh. we don't really have anything concrete in place. No. For the survivors, but we do have the tools. We have we yeah. we have bits and pieces. We just need to gather them. Um, so she said there is a little known, and I did not realize this uh, section of the website that um, I guess in 2018 it came up. It's churchofjesuschrist.org/abuse. Okay, um, a section of the website that has like some resources. Oh, and just you know, stuff like that for people who've been abused. Um, She said, but 
while the website is available mm-hmm. for members, it's not really like known. Like, oh, like okay. Not even, it's just not talked about a lot. And yeah. it's not talked about a lot to bishops and leadership. So then they're not talking Spreading about it, it with sharing members. It. Yeah. So it's not like referenced in general yeah. conference. So she's like, we just like, let's, why are we not talking yeah. about this? Why are we not directing people there? Why are we not referencing this in conference talks? Like we could get the word out if yes. we wanted to. Um, and then she said, um, you know, we don't have a hotline for survivors, but she said what we could do, what would be really smart to do is there's already an outside organization that does. It's called RAIN. I don't know what that acronym stands okay. for, but it's the National Assault Hotline. Okay. And it's in the U.S. and um, there are counterparts in other countries. Oh. And um, it is a hotline that like any abuse survivor can call and get information and resources and help. So maybe um, referrals so yes, to that hotline. Her, her suggestion was, why don't we partner with, why don't we yeah. refer, have bishops refer yeah. them to this hotline? And she said some faith communities have already been doing this. I mean, not our church, yeah. but other churches yeah. have already kind of leaned into this um, rain hotline. And she said, you know, she was throwing out all kinds of fabulous ideas. She yeah. said, you know, they could, you know, have a go-to between the pastors and, um, these community resources. You could have, you know, abuse advocates who are trained and hold leaderships for, for local leaders. And, you know, she said this could be like a calling in each ward or stake. There's a person who is aware of how to access this hotline and aware of all the local resources. And then, you know, bishops or others could refer people in the stake to this person. Yeah. They know yeah. all the resources. Oh, here's this helpline. Here's, here's this, this. Yeah. Here's this. Is this. So I don't know. I just, she just, you know, said that from her perspective, um, she just felt like that helping and supporting yeah. the survivors would help us live, you know, our covenant to mourn with those that mourn yes. and, and um, serve in a Christ-like yeah. way. And I can totally see that. And I just thought that those were some really positive Good ideas. I I like her ideas, and and, mm. and and I agree with that because while the church's response to these things has definitely improved over the years, there's still room for growth, and okay. so let's improve some more. Right, we got we've got to exactly we've got to. It's just we just can't keep going. No, no, we can't in the same so. way. So I hope I hope with every tragic story that yeah. comes out like this, that we are chiseling away. At, exactly. At, at how can we be better and do yeah. better? Yeah. So. And, and I, and I think, I, I think that that naturally occurs. And as we know, change in the church is incremental and it, it, we are, we are like a freight carrier. We cannot turn on a dime. Our turns are wide and slow. So. Anyway, all right. Well, on to another topic that Jeff has talked extensively about, um, the dedication of the Washington, D.C. Temple. Temple. And I saw on his Facebook page that he was there live and in person. I know, because when he talked last week, I think Mm -hmm. he was saying he wasn't going to get a ticket, that that was reserved just like for bishops. So he must have weaseled his way in. I am sure, no doubt, next (laughs) week he will tell you the story. Yes, next week, come back, he'll tell us all about it. But it was major media, of course. So um, we've got two stories on the temple dedication, and I'm going to take the first one. Um, Mitt Romney, uh, as we, as we lovingly like to call him Mittens, Mittens Romney, (laughs) 
Um, because he is two things. Because he is a uh, sitting politician, he is a senator from Utah, and also a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, has a lot of national exposure. People know who he is. Um, Fox News sat down with him for an interview that they did with the Washington, D.C. temple in the background. And so this ran on Sunday, which was the day of the temple dedication. And it was pre-taped, and he made a couple of interesting statements in the interview. Now, apparently he's referenced this before, which I didn't realize. Um, He said that um, he has not always been 100% accurate or 100% honest. He said, when I've done things for advantage of politics, and I look back at those things now with great regret, and so I say at this stage of my life, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going to be straight and honest to the extent that I humanly can. And I'm not going to worry about the consequences, what the consequences might be me, be for me politically or otherwise. And I thought that is very interesting because a lot of the criticism that he receives from, uh, I would say very exceptionally conservative members of the church is first of all, they don't think he is conservative enough, but also they feel like he has taken positions, uh, especially like with regards to abortion Mm -hmm. that have kind of been contrary to teachings of the church. And he doesn't say what things he said or done. I'm dying to know what he's referencing. I I would like specifics. I would like specifics too. How come nobody followed up on that? Reporter from Fox News. I am guessing Mitt said, yeah, I'm not going to go into the specifics. (laughs) I'm just going to tell you I've done things I'm not proud of. I just would love to know what... I know. I mean, it I could know. be anything. I mean, we could pontificate. It could be, it could be, t- it could be anything. It I could mean, be anything. He's really, he's he's gone a lot of directions. Exactly. So. But I do feel like in the last few years, especially since he's been senator, he has been willing to kind of stand up and take yes. positions that have been. Well, the Trump thing. The Trump thing. That he voted huge. to invo- yeah. impeach Trump twice. Mm-hmm. And we see a lot of those politicians who have stood up to Trump. I mean, Trump puts them right in his, their cro- in his crosshairs. I mean, Liz Cheney is a great example of that. You know, if polling is correct, she's likely going to lose her seat in the Wyoming primary tomorrow. And and again, she has said, I don't care because I've seen this and this is wrong and I need to stand up to I it. I wish they would all just have that attitude. I, I know. But anyway, it was a very interesting interview. And... Um, you know, I did not see it. I just read kind of the follow-up story on it, but I just want to conclude this story with one thing he said. He said, I would much rather spend time here at the temple than in the Capitol building, but politics is exciting and there's great work to be done. The country faces some enormous challenges, but good people of all faiths can come together and hopefully address those challenges to keep America the hope of the earth. I did like that. Very nice. All right. Next article was put out by the church, and it's just an article on the dedication itself. They had a lot of bigwigs there for the dedication. They had a lot of heavy hitters. So President Nelson went out to do it. Um, And I didn't realize this. The article said this was his first time traveling since the pandemic. I know. I had not realized that. I had not realized that either. general authorities have been out and yeah, about. exactly. But I guess this was his first time out. Well, I'm, I suppose when you're 97, almost yes. 98, they want to put you in a, keep you in a little cocoon. He probably has to be extra careful. So, and they did say everybody in 
the temple was masked. Yes. <laughs> Extra precautions. Yes. Um, anyway, so uh, he went out and dedicated it. Um, he praised the magnificent work. Um, he made a joke about the weather. Because <laughs> I guess they had really <laughs> mild weather yesterday. Yeah, and he said. Which is unusual for this time of year in yes. D.C. Usually it's oppressively hot with lots right. of humidity. And he said, let it be known who's in charge. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. <laughs> He's, I just he does it. have a good sense of I humor. love it when he tells a little joke. Just makes me happy. Um, anyways, uh, he was also at the 1974 dedication. Which I said, did not know. He accompanied President yes. Kimball. And it said He was that, not an apostle yet. No, he was a doctor. Um, and I think uh, he was there. And it said somebody got sick. One of the senior leaders got sick. And Pres. Dr. Nelson spent yes. the morning helping them and then came in time for a later session. He missed, yes. he missed that first session because he was helping someone. Anyway, he said, it's more beautiful than ever. And it was stunning before and it's even more beautiful now. He said, he said, there's been even more light. Um, many heavy hitters were there. We had Elder Oaks uh, or President Oaks, President Eyring, uh, Elder Cook, Elder Christofferson, Elder Gong. Um, Dang, they had a quorum practically. Yeah, they had quite a few. <laughs> and then uh, first counselor in the primary presidency, Sister Wright, and I'm sure many, many other leaders. Yes. Oh, and then they listed all of their wives separately. And I thought that was interesting. Sister Wright's husband. And Sister Wright's husband. They listed them at the bottom of the paragraph too. Yes. Whoa, what's going on with our lighting here? I don't know. Hmm. Oh, dear. Okay. So, or was it, did this light go off? Oh, that oh was it. that? That was that, that light. That Sorry, technical difficulties. Um, anyway, so yeah, he's just said, I look upon the temple, upon each temple as a symbol of Jesus Christ. He is our mediator with the Father, and each temple stands as evidence that there is life after death. So, it sounds like it was a beautiful. Okay. Beautiful ceremony. Well, and the other mm -hmm. interesting thing was, um, they, they, he released a little video clip today. Well, probably not him. He's got people for this. Mm -hmm. Released a little video clip on his social media channel, Russell M. Nelson. And he is talking about the sacredness of the temple and some of the same words that he mm -hmm. speaks about in that article. But one of the things that kind of struck me in this video clip was, okay, so he's 97. He's going to be 98 in a couple of weeks. No, um, he just turned 98. No, he turns 98 in September. Oh, you're right. Yeah. No, he is the longest serving now, but he turns 98 in September. We, we got one more month. We got, well, yeah, well, <laughs> one, a month and a few, or less, little less mm -hmm. than a month. Anyway, um, he is looking older in this video than oh, I've seen I him look. I haven't watched it yet. Um, and I saw a still picture of him from the temple, mm -hmm. and I just was noticing um, a lot, just a lot kind of more wrinkles and just... Mm -hmm. He, he, he is physically looking older to me than he's ever looked before. But when you listen to him in this video, sharp, sharp as attack. Mm -hmm. There is not a darn thing wrong with his mind. Like he is, he has every, he's probably got more going on and he's probably sharper than me. I'm pretty wow. sure of that. So, but I did notice that it was interesting to see, mm -hmm. like I said, I, I noticed some physical aging that I hadn't seen before, but definitely no mental decline. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting. It's interesting because when they get a certain age, even just going six months between yeah. conference, yeah. seeing them, it, you can really tell yeah. a difference. Once yeah. you reach a certain age, it just so quickly. Exactly. Change, so exactly. So hopefully he's not too offended that I think he's looking, looking a little older these days, <laughs> that he's aging. 
but his mind is sharp. <laughs> I think he'd appreciate that. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to our next story, which is actually a magazine. I'm going to hold it up here for those of you on video. This is the alumni magazine for BYU that arrived in my mail today, and it is The Food Issue. Which is a new thing. I don't think they do a food issue. I don't think they do a food issue. This is like... But this is all dedicated to food and food-related BYU stuff. OMG. It is so good. Like, I don't even know where to begin. It's just so it's juicy. It's really good. She handed it to me when she got here and I was browsing it. And I was like, yes. well, now this is interesting. Okay. I don't always read the BYU alumni magazine. I don't Sometimes either because usually they're... Me. That's what I was about to say. Usually they're a little too intellectual for me. But the food issue, no, the food issue is is perfect on my kindergarten level. So you open the magazine and what do you see? You see the BYU bakery where they are making the infamous 15-inch cougar tails. Oh, yes. Which when I was going to BYU, cougar tails were not a thing. Cougar tails apparently did not come around till 2006. Yeah, they weren't the, a thing when I went either. But now if you ever go back to a game... You cannot go without getting a cougar exactly. Tail. And for those of you who do not know what a cougar tail is, it is a 15 inch long maple bar. So it is a maple bar on steroids. And I have to say, uh, maple bars are my favorite donut. Mine too. Like if I'm pick- that's your favorite donut. That is my favorite donut. How did we not know? This I don't know how we did not. I this. will get it every time. Exactly. Like if I'm given an array of donuts, I'm like, give me the maple bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is a maple bar on steroids. I don't even want to know how much how many calories this thing has. But what is interesting is they sell uh, 8,500 of these cougar tails every time they have a football game. The cougar tail has been ESPN's concession food of the year. And let me tell you how much these cougar tails bring in per game. 75, was it 72,000, 72 or 75,000? I think it was $72,000 per game. Per game. That is insane. I cannot wrap my head around that. I cannot wrap my head around that either. Because you certainly know I that mean, it doesn't. How many people does that stadium hold? <laughs> well, they sell 8,500 of them. The stadium holds like 65,000 people. Wow. So, I mean, not everybody's getting a cougar tail, but just the fact that they're making $72,000 a game on a donut. On one concession. And you got to believe that it's not costing them that much to make a cougar tail. Yeah. Anyway, so that was interesting food fact number one in the alumni magazine. Interesting food fact number two, and again, there's many on here, is they have kind of a by the numbers thing and they have a picture of a BYU football player and they have in front of him everything he consumes in a day. Right. And as we know, the BYU football players get to go to the Legends Grill during training and they get meals. And they have like a special dietitian. They quoted him in here who comes up with a plan for each of them. Like this is what you're going to eat. So this particular football player, he weighs 200 or no, uh, he didn't say how much he weighs, but he consumes 6,500 calories a day. That is crazy. It's so (laughs) insane. Like I can't even wrap my head around that. So they have pictures of him with his eggs and his bananas and his protein smoothie. 
they have really good product placement of the Built Bars because the Built Bars they're owned sponsors. by they're owned by Built Bar now. Yes, the BYU, BYU football BYU team, football is, team is, owned is owned by, by Built Bar. <laughs> so we're going to give them. We're going to give them. Um, there's a lot of chicken in that picture. There's a lot of like chicken. Many many servings of chicken. Yeah, <laughs> lots of protein. I don't see a ton of carbs that he's eating. I mean, no. there's a few carbs here and there, uh, but he's got lots of cheese, crackers, salads, eggs, fruit. Um, anyway, very interesting. And then it talks about like other, um, different, um, fuel for some of the athletes. Apparently the athletic dietitian, Rachel Dull Hutchinson worked with food scientists to create a sweet and sour energy gummy snack exclusively for BYU athletes. I love myself a good sweet and sour candy. I want to try the, I want to try the energy, the snack. energy gummy, the energy gummy. Now the question you is, know, you have to be careful with the word gummies these days. That's true. <laughs> There's a different association when you say the word gummy. Okay. But are they putting caffeine in the energy gummies? That's what I want oh, yes. to know. Heck yes, they are. Well, I, I know, but. Sometimes there's this BYU and no caffeine. No, so. they got rid of that rule now. You well, I know, there. but still. Anyway. That, that is only caffeine in the coffee form. Yes. So Caffeine in other forms are fine. Again, the difference between non-Mormons and Mormons, the temperature of your caffeine. Okay. So then there's a whole other article in here how this woman has incorporated um, – food into an art design. So she has this studio and what she does is she takes petals from, um, let's see, her studio has become a kitchen with pots and pans and ingredients. She preserves flower petals with pectin and sugar like you would do if you were making jam. And then she sews them into quilt squares and she's got this quilt that she designed from this, um, from these flower petals that she's preserved with pectin on display at the arts center. Well, wow. so that was very interesting. Then there's a whole article in here on all of the waste that BYU creates and how they recycle and reuse their waste into, uh, and I'm talking food waste, not human waste. So let's <laughs> clarify here. Food waste gets recycled mm -hmm. and it then becomes the compost that you see on the grounds at BYU. Well, good for them. And then I'm going to get to the funnest article that I liked in this, which was the history. It says, enjoying a hearty helping of memories from nearly 150 years of student sustenance. Oh, I didn't, I didn't get that far. I didn't see this one yet. So, and it starts off, want to fill a mind? First, you've got to fill a belly. And it talks about how um, the you know there's two different kind of food things going on in the Provo area. You have the food stuff on campus that the mm -hmm. students associate with BYU campus, but then you've got lots of food places in Provo proper that have popped up again to support the students. Apparently, the Provo Bakery has been in business since the 1890s. Ooh. Love the Provo Bakery. The Provo Bakery is delicious. It is delicious. But here's one of the things that I found really interesting. So post-military, obviously, as a country, we kind of learned how to feed mass quantities of people. Um, so uh, President Wilkinson charged this man named Ben Lewis 
with um, trying to figure out how to do campus dining for all mm-hmm. these students that were now coming to BYU. Uh, he regularly went to this bowling lane called Regal Lanes right next to BYU, uh, where he'd been impressed. Uh, that's where he'd eat his lunch. Nothing better than bowling grub. He'd been impressed with Wells and Myrtle uh, Cloward, and they owned and operated the restaurant and the bowling lane, and they'd been in the restaurant business. So he tries to woo them to BYU, and they're mm-hmm. like, Nah, we like our restaurants. We'll stay here. We're not interested in being wooed to BYU. Mm-hmm. That is until November of 1952 when their dream went up in smoke no. and the bowling, hour, bowling alley <gasps> caught on fire. This sounds like a conspiracy theory. It does sound like a conspiracy theory. Either that or the Lord going, you shouldn't have told him no. <laughs> oh, no. Because you can imagine what happens oh, after. Oh, that's so sad. It is really so sad. So then they went and got a job at BYU. Then they went and got in and charge. And did they create the Cougar Eat? They did. They were responsible for the Cougar Eat, but not only they, were they responsible for the Cougar Eat, he was responsible for why Sparkle Punch? <gasps> why Sparkle? She was responsible for BYU Mint Brownies. No. Yes. Oh, they're a power couple. <laughs> so, like I said, you know. Why do they not have a building named after them on campus? Well, they really should. They should rename the Cougar Eat after them. <laughs> they should. Anyway, so they're the ones, like, when I, I think it had, it had changed when you got there, but when I went to BYU, you would go to the Cougar Eat, and they did not have, you know, the Subway and all of the franchise restaurants. They had, it was like, it was cafeteria right. food, but it was also home-style food. I would go there because you could get a taco salad, like the taco salads in the fried shell mm-hmm. with hamburger, with lettuce, and then hamburger and tomatoes and cheese and the sour cream thing on top for $1. Wow. I kid you not. I and ate see, those all the time. They had those taco salads, I think, when I went there. When I when I was in BYU, at BYU, it was like late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. It was the shift. They were transitioning. So they had a couple of chains. I think they had a Taco Bell and a Subway. Yeah. But they still had ah. um, like the homemade yeah, the cafeteria, homemade but very scaled, scaled down. Yes. So. Yes, yes, yes. So anyway, um, so yes, the Clowards were infinitely responsible for many BYU favorites mm-hmm. that we now share. Um, they also get go through a timeline of kind of um, historical food things mm-hmm. that happened at BYU. One thing that I thought was really interesting is they gave a shout out to J-Dogs. They did. They did. They said in 2004, BYU undergrad Jason Edwards starts selling J-Dogs from a shack just south of campus. Okay. You know, he so. should get a sh- shout out because he's built quite the business. Off he that has little built quite the business. BYU adjacent hot dog shack. Anyway, so if you are a BYU alumnus, look forward to your BYU magazine on food. I've only hit some of the, a few things, but it, it was really fun. It was a walk down memory lane. Okay. That's very fun. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, next article is changes to th- Tithing settlement announced. Oh, nothing major. They're changing it from being called tithing settlement to being called tithing declaration. Members can now begin tithing declaration interviews with bishops or branch branch presidents as early as September first of each year to allow local leaders additional time to meet with families and individuals. So they're also giving us more time, probably for the bishops. They yeah they spend. <laughs> So An inordinate amount of time at time the end of the year. Tithing declaration. Yes. I have to get in my head now. Not tithing settlement. 
declaration. declaration. So now they have a little extra time. I don't know when they started before. I feel like maybe November 1st. Yeah. Our because, bishop usually starts around the beginning yeah, of November. Our bishop always tried to get it done before yeah. December. Yeah. So anyway, tithing declaration. All right. Okay. Our next article, um, it's, it, it's kind of an interesting story. So, and it's kind of a, it's, it's a sad story and it kind of, I don't know, brings up a lot of a lot of different questions. So there was a U.S. Navy lieutenant in Japan, and his name was Ridge uh, Alconis. And um, he was serving in the military in Japan. He and his family had gone to Mount Fuji for the day. Uh, they were driving down from Mount Fuji, and he actually suffered a case of altitude sickness and ended up passing out due to this altitude sickness. Well, as a result, he crashed his car, and when he crashed his car, fortunately, no one in his family was seriously injured, but he ended up crashing into another car, which ended up killing an 84-year-old Japanese woman and her 57-year-old uh, son-in-law. And so he was arrested by the Japanese police. Um, they felt that he had fallen asleep driving. They did not think that he had altitude sickness. Um, his family who was with him said, you know, he wouldn't wake up. He was clearly passed out. Mm -hmm. And if you're falling asleep driving, you're, you're going to wake up. You're going to wake up. So once he was able to get released from prison, he spent a a little while, like a month there, the Navy did some investigation and the Navy determined he had passed out due to altitude sickness. So in Japan, their justice system is a little different than, than America's. You have the, the sentence part, but the sentence part can be mitigated if you pay financial damages to the victim because you want to make the victim financially whole. So he ended up paying $1.6 million to the victim. Wow. Some of this came from insurance proceeds. Some of it came from fundraising. Apparently some friends and family dipped into their retirements and mortgage accounts. And so he, he was hoping that would help mitigate his sentence, but they ended up... Um, uh, sentencing him to three years in prison and they would not take into account the fact that he had his own medical emergency. Oh, and so, so the article um, that uh, we're linking tonight is a follow-up that Tad Welch <clears throat> had done to the original story. Uh, Tad Welch is a reporter for the Deseret News and he interviewed the parents and talked about the role of their faith in this accident and um, what's going on with their son. And um, the, the parents just talk about, um, the mom says, I just wrote to a friend who said she was praying for us that I don't think I could get up in the morning and put on my clothes and face my day without those prayers. It's very, very real, the amount of sustaining energy we receive from those prayers. And Ridge has felt it. His wife, Brittany, has felt it. The family feels it. We wouldn't be able to face face the day without it. And it also talked about he asked to speak with his LDS congregation the Saturday, the Sunday before he was to report to prison. And he shared with them, you know, not all scripture stories have happy endings. Uh, we can only rely on God's love and grace to overcome tragedies and suffering. Um, he, he did feel exceptionally sorry for these victims' families. He was asked by the prosecutor in J Japan, uh, do you pray for the two people that died? And he says, every single day. Wow. Anyway, so he just recently began serving his three-year sentence. And um, 
that his family is trying to work with the Biden administration mm -hmm. to see if they can get an early release. They think part of the reason he kind of got this harsh three-year sentence is just kind of a pushback from Japan for all the military personnel there. Mm -hmm. But yet at the same time, we provide a great service by having the military personnel there. So it's just a oh. difficult situation. And, it, 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 I, you know, I struggle with this because... There are a lot of people who commit crimes as a result of mental illness. Mm -hmm. And we tend to weigh physical illness like he had and, and give that more of a pass than we do mental illness. And, and I'm not saying, you know, that we shouldn't, you know, that, that we should give mental illness the same pass we give physical illness. It's just a tough balancing act is yeah. what I'm saying, because um, a lot of people do things and they're just not in their right mind. And should they have realized they're in their right mind? Maybe, maybe not. But hmm. it's it's just a heartbreaking situation for everybody all around. Yeah, really sad story. Hmm. But like I said, at least they are focusing on faith. Yeah, I mean, he's got a great attitude. He does. He has a great attitude. So, okay. The next story, this was a really sweet story. Um, this is about a missionary in Texas that has been honored for giving during his service mission. Yes. So he's on a service mission. He's 20 years old. Um, his name is Caleb Wood. Um, this is in Dallas, Texas, and he just got honored as volunteer of the year by DCEO magazine. That must be the Dallas CEO magazine. All right. Um, for his work at the nonprofit organization called Trusted World. So he has been serving. He's almost done with his two-year service mission. He's been serving at this organization called Trusted World, which helps provide resources like food, clothing, etc., to schools, police, and other nonprofit organizations. So he goes in every single day for a few hours. And he... Um, is on a service mission because he has brain tumor. He has brain tumors and mobility and cognitive struggles because of the tumors. Yes. So, um, but he goes in and does this every day. And I think his family, he always has a member of his yes, family with goes, him when he goes either in. Either his mom or her, her sister yeah. goes with him. Um, and then he also does like some temple service yeah. once a week. Anyway, it's a really cool story. He is very well spoken. They've got some quotes from him in here, and he just seems like an amazing kid. Um, he said he feels kind of selfish uh, because really he said he likes making other people happy. It, it helps make him happy. Yeah. So like this is a win for him. Um, anyway, his mission president said – that just, you know, gave the example of the widow's might. And he said, you know, he only serves a few hours a day, but it's everything he has. Yeah. He gives everything he has physically um, to do this once a day. So, um, and the, he said that like serving a mission was his dream yeah. for as long as he could remember. And he, because of his felt, because of his health, he just felt like it would be out of his reach. Um, and he always prayed to be able to serve. And he just felt like this service mission opportunity was like a hundred percent catered to yeah. him. Like, and his mission president is also quoted as, you know, just talking about how, you know, these are very individualized missions. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they are completely catered, can be completely catered to the missionary and his abilities and his needs. 
Um, so anyway, which is cool. This wasn't the first time he also got honored, I think by the organization itself earlier this year, yeah. Tr- trusted world gave him an award. Um, anyway, he just said that, um, everyone has hardships one way or another, this elder would, this is what he said. And he said, however, I know heavenly father sends earthly angels to come to our aid in times of fear, loss, sorrow, pain, and grief. Being here at Trusted World is one way for me to be someone's earthly angel. So he has just a great attitude. I mean, with his physical disabilities, if he chose to sit at home, nobody would judge him for that. Right. Because he has some pretty severe physical disabilities. But he's like, you know what? I want to contribute. Mm -hmm. And if this is my small way of being able to contribute, I'm going to contribute. And I think that's just a great message for all of us to keep in mind that, you know, even if it's just a small thing we do to contribute, any contribution is a contribution. Right. So. For sure. For sure. And his the mission present was quoted also in the article. It's just saying, you know, proselyting missions and service missions are both equally important. Like exactly. he, he just gave a lot of credit to it. I mean, obviously the mission president presides over both yeah. proselyting missionaries yeah. and service missionaries. And he said, there is a great need for both of these. Exactly, um, They're both doing so much good in different ways. So I just love, we've talked a lot about this because we've yeah. talked, to, there's always service missionary yeah. stories and I love a service missionary story. I just I agree. think it's amazing. The opportunities that yeah. these kids have now that they didn't have, you know, 10 years ago. Exactly. And I love it. I love it too. All right, we're going to give a brief update on Michaela Skinner, our favorite little <gasps> Michaela Skinner. What's she up to? So it's been a year since she won her medal, mm-hmm. and so um, wow, that was a year ago. It was a year ago. And Why so does they, that seem like longer? I know they <laughs> caught up with her, and um, she talks about a little bit about her faith and how that helped her during the Olympics, you know, at first she thought, you know, she didn't make the, she didn't make the, um, uh, the team, right? Yeah. She didn't, she didn't, she didn't make the team. Well, she qualified. The the problem was, is Simone Biles, they had two qualifiers on the vault. They had her and Simone Biles and Simone had a higher vault than her. So Simone was going to the finals and her Olympics was done because she was only a vault specialist. And so, you know, that was obviously somewhat of a devastating blow for her. And she says, I remember getting down on my knees and praying. I just kept having a feeling that the Olympics, my Olympics were not over. It was as if the spirit was telling me this isn't over. And so then of course, as we know, Simone withdrew and she was able to, Michaela was able to go in and she earned herself a, a silver medal. And she just talks about um, just how, when she was over there in Japan, her family and her husband and everybody was here in America and she could feel their prayers for her and she could feel their faith and how that really helped her. And um, she also talks about, she's got one more semester of college to finish. She wants to have kids and she hasn't decided yet how she wants to, um, when she gets through college, she said she'd like to connect more with Latter-day Saint youth, write a book about her story, perhaps utilize her YouTube channel and other social media platforms mm-hmm. to be able to um, connect with LDS youth and share her testimony. So Aww. 
Good for Michaela. Maybe she'll show up on a face-to-face one of these days. That could be possible. <laughs> All right. Okay. Oh, we have a story. We have about- a Boise-based story. Has anybody talked about this yet here? I guess they haven't. We had a fire at a church here in Boise. Yes. LDS Church. It was arson. It was. He, he broke into the building, set the thing on fire, and then sat in his pickup and watched it. And somebody had seen him and pointed to the cops and said, he's that guy right there, there in the black is. hoodie in the pickup. He's just watching it burn <laughs> to the ground. <laughs> and I'm dying to know the motive here. Like, we've got no, yeah. we've got no history. I, yeah. I, I just want to know, like... Are you, were you a member once? Yeah. Was, What's your beef? Was that your bishop? <laughs> or do you just pick random buildings to yeah. burn down? I'm just so curious. Exactly. So we don't know details, but we do know that the saints are carrying on. There were three wards in that building. They've all been assigned to other buildings. Yes. It was not our stake, neither of our stakes. Yes. Um, but uh, the building is like not a total loss. They can restore it, but it's going to take a while. Exactly. Also, I thought this story was funny. I, you got to talk about that story because I loved it. I thought it was really good. The bishop uh, or the stake press, some whoever they were interviewing in this article said that um, a youth music leader came forward and she was super worried because a children's songbook that was passed down like from her grandmother to her mother to her was in the building at the time of the fire. And she's like, I got to get this book. I got to get this Which book. Which begs the question, if the book is so valuable, why are you leaving it at the church? <laughs> Okay, continue. I know, because seriously, from my experience, you leave something at the church, you never get it back. No. The church lost and found is a deep, dark hole of abyss. Like, never have I found anything I have lost at the church, ever. <laughs> okay, so finish the rest of Sorry, the story. That's my soapbox. Hey, church that's lost a, and found. That is a fair soapbox. Nothing comes back. Uh, anyway, they get, they went in and they got the songbook for her. Uh, they said that they were like, well, there's some smoke damage, but she was just like, that just adds to the lovely history of this family heirloom. So maybe she'll learn, keep the heirloom at home, not the church. <laughs> so now she's got a nice little story to go with her exactly. songbook, which I'm assuming she will pass to her daughter. I, I would assume so. Also, if this is for grandma's songbook, how many songs in there are still hanging around. Like, I want to know which songs are yeah, still that's gotta in be a pretty songbook. songbook. And it's just going to, there's going to be less and less because we know so, they're working on new songbooks right now. When I was a kid growing up, the, the songbook was was orange and it was I Sing remember With that Me. One. I loved it. Is, does she have an older version of Sing With Me? Well, it must be if it's from her grandma. I would think that, so. Sing With Me came out in like the 70s. Didn't yeah. It? I, well, I don't know. All I know is that's the one that was around when I was a kid. It had the best pictures. No, Sing With Me had no pictures. Oh, I'm thinking of the one after that. You're thinking of that the one, one came out that. in the 80s. That yes. was also, or it was yellow. No, it was blue like it is now. I'm pretty sure. No, there's a different one. There's Before a different the blue one? one now. It's yellow and it had pictures that were awesome. I know because our younger sister cut it up and we had to painstakingly oh tape it back together. And I was really mad about it because I like to look at the pictures in that one. <laughs> well, I can tell you the orange book from the 70s had zero pictures in it. Okay. Okay. Well, who knows? Maybe it's the orange one. Or maybe there's one even older than that. I don't, who knows? There okay. could be. All right. Now, at this point in our show, we typically move on to Mormons behaving badly. However, in the last 30 days, although I, I did give an update on Mormons behaving badly when I podcasted with Jeff. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you know. I cheated on you. I podcasted oh, I with that. Jeff. I, I quite enjoyed it. I, I love hearing you, okay. Jeff. Um, but I had no Mormons behaving badly for tonight. 
So, which is always a lovely thing. It is a lovely thing. <laughs> so, I decided tonight we're going to do a new segment. And this new segment is going to be called Marvelous Members. So exciting. Which is the opposite of Mormons behaving badly. Marvelous Members. This is fantastic. So, I have we get more marvelous members and less Mormons behaving badly. Please. That, that needs to be our goal. More marvelous <laughs> members, less Mormons behaving badly. So I have three just quick shout outs tonight in marvelous members. Okay. Um, the first shout out goes to Latter-day Saint golfer, uh, Tony Finau. He recently won the 3M Open in Minnesota on July 24th at the Rocket Mortgage DAP. Dash Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit on July 31st. So he won some pretty big back-to-back tournaments on the PGA title, PGA Tour. He is 13th in the world, oh. and he has not been shy at all about his LDS faith and the role that his oh. LDS faith plays. Um, he said He said in an interview in 2018, Everything I do is deeply rooted in my faith, especially in Jesus Christ. I find that my upbringing in the church and my relationship with God are huge benefits to me in helping me become the kind, become the kind of person I want to become. Well, that's cool. So that is a marvelous member. Now we're going to do marvelous member number two. Okay. This is um, the show So You Think You Can Dance. It is a reality competition show. Um, the members do really well on that show, especially if they are from Utah, because as we have talked about, Utah is a hot bed of dance. Yes. So season 17, which just concluded on August 10th, a winner was crowned. Her name is Alexis War Burton. She is from Highland, Utah. And as you can imagine, she is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. She was also the first female to win the Latin ballroom, uh, section of the competition and she got a hundred thousand dollar prize just for winning the ballroom Hmm. anyway she grew up performing at stenner stage in orem uh she married her high school sweetheart in the provo city temple in 2018 so good for sister war burton on her win on so you think you can dance okay we've got a dancer a golfer okay now we've got a third one now i don't have a link to this story because this is somebody that i i Well, I know her family better than I know her, but Uh I I just need to give a brag and a shout out to this girl by the name of Danny Beckstrom. Okay. And let me tell you who Danny is. First of all, her parents live in my ward and she is a BYU graduate. She's 31 years old. She got her degree in communications, broadcast communications at BYU. Um, She originally wanted to be a sportscaster and then she realized there's no money in sportscasting. So Mm -hmm. she went and got an advanced degree, a master's degree in meteorology, and she, do not call her the TV weather girl, you call her the weather meteorologist, because that is what her title is. So she started on some stations here in Idaho, and then she got hired and she went down to Florida. She was in Mm -hmm. Florida for three years. And then three years ago, she started in Vegas. She was the chief meteorologist at the ABC station in Vegas. Her contract was coming up. She was about ready to sign a new contract with Vegas. When out of the blue, she gets a call from ABC7 in New York City. And ABC7 in New York City, first of all, New York is the number one media market. Mm -hmm. We've talked about that with Zach Wilson. The ABC station in New York is the number one um, of the three big broadcast stations in New York. More than NBC. More than NBC. And ABC New York is actually owned by Disney, which owns national ABC. Not all of the local affiliates 
most of the local affiliates are independently owned. She gets this call out of the blue and they're like, um, they give her a little interview and they're like, yeah, we'd like to hire you. Would you like to come to New York City and be a meteorologist? Which she was like, are are you sure you have the right person? (laughs) She's moving up quickly. We might see her on the Today Show someday. Uh, well, no, today's show is an NBC property. We're talking Good right. Morning America. Yes. That has already happened. No. Oh. This wasn't just for the local affiliate? Well, let, me, the local let, me, let me tell you how this works in New York, okay? Oh. So, um, so she literally had two weeks to like figure out what to do with her house in Vegas, sell her car, pack her stuff up, mm. get to New York, find an apartment. And this had been a lifelong dream for Danny. She had done an internship uh, 10 years ago in New York City. She walked past the ABC station every day and she's Uh like, I want to be there. And this literally just landed in her lap. So when you get to ABC New York, that is akin to basically going national because that is where, and the same is true for NBC and CBS. uh, They will pull from their local New York Mm -hmm. station when they need people on the national. And so just today she posted on social media, Robin Roberts was giving her a shout out saying, now we'll turn to Danny. (laughs) Anyway, so um, pretty amazing. 31 years old and to have made it that far. She's just an um, active member of the church. She is an active member of the church. And so shout out to Danny Beckstrom. And for all of those members who live in New York and listen to our podcast, go watch ABC seven and see Danny because she's just really fun. And I will say on a side note, because this family is really overachievers, Danny's younger sister, Jenna, is Miss Teen Idaho USA, and she's competing in the national pageant at the end of September. So yeah, they're overachievers. <laughs> they should family. move into my state. They fit right in. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, they wouldn't because they're actually very humble. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say on that matter. <laughs> Ouch. Shots fired. Shots fired. It's okay. You can fire shots. You're not in my state. It's very true. All right. Should we move on to our favorite things? Yes. Let's do favorite things. Okay. I'll go first. My favorite thing this month. I'm a little bit ashamed, but I'm just going to go for it. It's another vacuum. I know. What is wrong with me? I'm looking for a new vacuum. You know, I got new carpet. I want a new vacuum. This is probably like the third or fourth vacuum I've talked okay, about on here. You might be more obsessed with your floors than I am. I don't know what I've turned into. This okay. is like a combination of mid-40s and motherhood. Do you like, have old vacuums you're wanting to get rid no, of that I can is, take home and try? This at? is a different type of vacuum. Oh, this okay. is the thing. There's a different vacuum for everything. It's not that I'm replacing all my vacuums. It's like I have different... Vacuums for different tasks. Okay, well, now I'm intrigued. <laughs> so, okay. This is the bougiest of all my vacuums. Oh, gosh. Because this is a garage vacuum for your car. Oh. It is a bis- Bissell vacuum, big canister. Like, okay. Like you see in the car. Okay. You know how for years I've been like, I want one of those car wash vacuums yeah. Yeah. in my house to yeah. suck up all my kids' toys? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I kind of got one in my garage. It won't reach to the house, but but you mount it on the wall in your garage. So okay. it's always there. It's always plugged in. Okay. There's a hose that attaches to it and it comes with a mount. So you mount the hose on the wall, the, okay. the thing that you, okay. the hose turns around on the wall. Okay. So all I have to do, like when my kids spill stuff all over my car, which yes. they do every single day, is plug in the hose, flip the switch, vacuum my car, oh. put it back on the... Like it's always there and it's always plugged in. All I have to do is turn it and on. And does it have good suction? Yes. It has really good suction. I will say not quite 
car wash level suction, but close. Pretty dang close. Pretty close. Okay. I saw the pictures of the damage your children did to your vehicle on your latest road trip. I posted a picture. There is sand in every crevice of my car and I haven't vacuumed it yet. It's been, that was my next question is have you vacuumed it yet? We've been home for 24 hours. I did wash the outside. I have not vacuumed it yet. I'm terrified. As well, you should be because the pictures were frightening. I should should report back next month on whether this vacuum actually survives this latest road trip round of dirt. Well, it gets all the sand out because I think sand is the worst thing to get out. Yeah. Sand is awful. So good. But I love it. I will just like, if a kid just spills like something, yeah, I can like just crackers, popcorn. Whereas in the past, I would let it sit for months because yeah. who wants to haul the vacuum out into the garage? Yeah. Or, or you're or, always busy running around. You're like, I don't want to go yes. to the car wash and vacuum. Yes. Okay. So, so my fanciest mm. vacuum of all, it's a Bizzle garage vacuum. Okay. Well, I highly, very good I highly too. recommend. I've had it for several months now. It might be my favorite. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to go down the primrose path of my favorite thing. I'm kind of slightly embarrassed to admit it. Uh-oh. So this is all the fault of my 21-year-old college daughter. She does find all the good things. She does find all the good things. So she comes to me. Now, I do not have TikTok on my phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I do now. Because she came to me and she's like, Mom, have you heard about Bama Rush? And I'm like, what? And she's like, it's Rush Week in Alabama. It's a big deal. And it's a big deal on social media. And I was really? like, okay. So she says, you have to follow this girl. And her name is, let me see if I can get her name correct. Um, her name is um, Kylan Darnell. Okay. And she was like the queen of all of the Rush girls. So apparently this is a thing that started last year. So Rush, this is for sororities at Alabama. And um, apparently um, sororities at Alabama, it's, it's, you know, it's a really huge deal. Mm -hmm. And so they have this whole rush week where everybody goes and tries on sororities and then they get bids and all of this kind of stuff. And so last year, um, you know, the girls who were rushing would put TikTok videos on and people would rank them and people would be like, oh, they should go to this house. They should go to that house. So this Kylan mm-hmm. was like that. She was like first round draft pick this okay. year. <laughs> For rush. This is a whole new world. That it I know is a whole nothing about. new world. So every day she gets on TikTok and she has what is called the outfit of the day. So O-O. TD. Oh, I have heard of that. Oh, yes. TD. Yes. Oh, TD. So she'd get her on and she's like, my dress is from this. My shoes are from that. My earrings are from this. My bracelets are this. My rings are just my normal rings, which are such as Anyway. So between like, and, and she did a good job of like pairing designer stuff with like she and stuff. And um, so between like the totally wild outfits and the designers and just, and she's like, but it's not about the outfit. It's about your grades. It's about your community service. It's about your philanthropic. I can't even pronounce that word. <laughs> anyway. And so she was so entertaining to watch. And of course, she's a beauty queen. Of course. In fact, she will be competing against Jenna because she is Miss oh, Ohio no Team this USA. This sounds like Legally Blonde. Oh, it is so legally. It's like the reality version of legally. It's like blonde. a real life legally blonde that and we can all watch on Instagram. The sorority she picked, their color is pink. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so all weekend, all week, I have been following Alabama Rush. I am a fifty-four-year-old woman following 
college sorority girls. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm dying laughing. This is hysterical, <laughs> and this is not what I expected. <laughs> oh, really, my goodness. <laughs> uh, we've really degenerated the show tonight. <laughs> Jeff's going to fire us. Oh man! Anyway, it has been so highly entertaining. So that's why it has to be my favorite thing. And so I had to get TikTok so I could follow Kylan. So she picked her sorority. She picked her sorority. Now, are you going to continue to follow her? She picked. She picked (laughs) Zeta Tau Alpha. I think is what it was. (laughs) This means nothing to me. It's nothing to me either. But I know Um, their color's pink now. Of course, I'm going to continue to follow her. She's highly entertaining. Okay, so uh, she lives in a world that I have no concept of. Is she? She's not a freshman. She's like a no. Sophomore. She's a freshman. Oh, she's a freshman. She this first year at at at, at oh, Alabama. Has school started yet? No, because they do rush before school starts. <laughs> but she's moved into her dorm room, which of course is decked out in Chanel. And I'm not kidding. Chanel. Okay. And be- okay. Because, but but it was decked out in Chanel, but she also did a collab with um, TJ Maxx and Marshalls because <laughs> because she's getting all of these followers. Like sh- her Instagram star oh. is like is like a rocket right she's now. She's going to drop out of college. And and she, it, well, she was voted in high school most likely to be famous. <laughs> well, that didn't take long. No. <laughs> okay. Well, now I'm intrigued uh, you look at as, what you've done you got me to follow that stinking turtle creek family and now i'm gonna have to go follow the sorority girl i know i blame your daughter i, I do too i do too let's it's it's all lauren's fault let's just blame lauren <laughs> all right well we we better end the show before again if it, hopefully we still even have a show <laughs> if jeff hasn't fired us jeff will be back next week to talk about real stuff like the temple exactly <laughs> Okay, but thank you for listening. Yes, thank you for joining us tonight. And if you, you know, want to express your utter displeasure to Jeff that we follow that we follow uh, college sorority girls, please reach out and contact him at thisweekinmormons.com. Or uh, we've got Facebook, we've got the Twitter, we've even got some Instagram. There's lots of ways to get a hold of us. And if you really want to be a true supporter, you can uh, pledge three bucks a month to Patreon to help Jeff keep the lights on. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening.